What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself, Yourself the, the Wire. A The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and, and talk, talk about, about it. it. Thank you so much for listening to the world's only The Wire podcast, The Wire, a show about bureaucracy. Hmm. I think that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just a reminder, five stars and review uh, on all of the apps. And also subscribe to the YouTube guy. We got it's the same show, but it's uh, it's video. If you're mm-hmm. listening to this on audio and you're like, oh, man, they sure are laughing during clips. I wonder what's happening. Well, there's only one way to find out. The yeah, YouTube plus you channel. Can see, you can see me wearing a summer shirt. You are. You're you're going super hard in the summer boy uh like genre right now yeah it's, you, it's summer i don't know if you heard oh not only have i heard i felt it's hot as fuck yeah you're very shiny your skin looks uh like it's uh you know trying really? to cool you down with moisture oh uh, don't call me shiny now i'm so i'm insecure <laughs> do i do i look ugly no never this, i'm gonna push the lights away so no I, it's good to be shiny okay fine i'll be shiny that's um, the big look everybody's trying to get. Look, yeah. look at old Ariana Grande. She's constantly shiny. She's so shiny. shiny. She's gooey. Gooey? You know? Yeah, she looks like she's covered in goo. Mm. You know what I mean? I see, to me, she looks metallic, like she's like a robot. Yeah, I see more like uh, like uh, lots of goo, like a uh, slimy. Feels like, like projection, but okay. No, I feel <laughs> it's not. It's real. Like she's like uh, got snail-like qualities to sure. her skin. Yeah, yeah, glistening. A glistening mucus that just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, a salt, you know, a saline solution that follows her around. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, and subscribe to the Reddit, R, <laughs> pod yourself. It's a great, a great intro. 
Mm-hmm. Or our part, pod yourself the wire. We have both of them. All right. Today we're going to be talking about from season three of the wire episode 11 middle ground. And our guest today is a returning pod yourself. The wire champion. You know him from the amazing podcast. Dopey ladies and gentlemen and everyone else. Our guest today is Dave. Hi, Dave everybody. From Dopey. Thank What's you. Up? How you guys been? Oh, uh, you know, just All like right. living life. Yeah. We have kids and shit did i have a kid the last time you were on i, I think remember. i think you did okay. i'm gonna say yes but mazel yeah. on your child that's great thank you it's nice i like being a dad uh you know i'm uh, now i'm worried all the time yes that's fun yes uh, uh, dave are you a father i am i'm a father of two girls and oh. I also want to say mm. Mazel Tov to Vince on the summer shirt. It is beautiful. Yeah. And Thank I would you. say you look dewy and glistening as well as shiny. Uh, and I worry Thank about you. my children all the time. I, I actually just left a pool party uh, that my five-year-old was at. It was a certain type of hell. So thank you for having me here because I got to leave that thing. Yeah, I feel like the worst part of parenting is uh, being expected to uh, socialize with just like a random assortment of other parents. It's rough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like I'm looking for more um, parents to like hang out with. But every time I meet a parent, I realize not that one. Yeah, (laughs) I realize I'm like, oh, no, this is bad. And then I, I keep trying to find someone who's like, uh, I don't know, like, like normal and good. But I feel like uh, it's very hard. It, you know, it's like people go to yoga class to make friends. And then you're like, oh, I don't like any of these people. Yeah. You know? No, I find new nemeses. That's what I get most <laughs> nice. of. Like I just I go into the daycare and I have people that I've never spoken to. But I just see them and I, I don't like their energy. And I'm like, I don't like that guy. And I'm never going to like that guy. And what is, we, he's my enemy now. All right. But what is it that is like an immediate nemesis vibe? Uh, this guy's just like, he just talks mean to everyone, including his kids. It just oh. has like, he just, I don't know. He's not a cop, but he has like, he has weird racist cop energy yeah, to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I he think he looks like a fucking dick. He's like, he's bald sunglasses guy. Oof. Like, don't like I him. think every dad at the party that I was just at literally were all cops. All of them. <laughs> they were all cops, and they were talking about how their solar panel heating system heats their pools and how they work. And I was just like, what the fuck is happening? What am I going to do? That sounds interesting. What can I do here? What am I supposed Look, Dave, to do? Look, it's either that or traffic or the weather. So, like, you got to, like, accept the solar panel discussion where you can get it. No, you're yeah. right. But it's it's all cops. It's all I live. I live in a true. town of cops and contractors. Suffolk County, New York. Ooh. Cops Ooh. and contractors. That's it. Jesus, just a a, a bunch of uh, if they were you know born in a different time in a different neighborhood, they would be just a bunch of stringer bells. Is what it sounds like to me. Well, you know, people who are just uh, <laughs> trying to make deals, or mm. uh, maybe just a bunch of McNulty's. See, I mean, I, I feel I, like I if, you, if there were McNulty's, they would actually be pretty cool. I feel like I could, yeah, I no, could that's vibe a different with a level. I feel the same way because you know I live in Fresno, which I feel like uh, is mostly people that work in ag or cement. So, you know, I relate to that. I like the transition to Stringer Bell and McNulty, though. I feel like McNulty uh, isn't as likable. I was really excited when you gave me the choice of episodes, and I figured I needed to go with this one because the last time I was on, I I professed my love of Brother 
Musone and Vince right. smash me. So uh-huh. I wanted to, mm-hmm. I wanted to return Gotta, to a heavy you know. brother Musone episode, and yep. uh, I'm excited to get back to it. Yeah, yeah. I do this... feel like he toned down his brother Musone-ness <laughs> slightly since uh, we first met him. Yeah, this episode he's definitely less like uh, you know, where's my literary magazine subscription? And yeah. he's more like going into like the Omar camp of like let's do an old western thing. Yeah. He doesn't close his mouth as tightly as he d- did between words uh <laughs> when he was first introduced. Your, your was... biggest problem with him, famously, yeah, is his yeah. mouth was too tight. I mean, he had a he had an acting tick, I would say. That's all. Hmm. Yeah, it could be. I just thought, uh, you know, this episode, Brother Mazone finally had uh, a purpose outside of being like, uh, you know, David Simon going, what if we wrote like a a really cool guy? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like it gave him a little bit more depth. He gave him a reason for being. So interesting uh, trivia aspect to this. So this is the second to last episode uh, in this in this season three. Mm-hmm. And I just I was just reading that uh, George Pelicanos wrote this episode. That's and right. So apparently, like the way it work, tends to work in the wire is that George Pelicanos always wrote the second to last episode mm. of every season, and David Simon would write the final episodes. Which I don't know if that accounts for why the fact this, that yeah. all the stuff happens uh, in the second to last episode, at, yeah. or if they just figured that Pelicanos was like good at writing. Uh, you know, epic character deaths. Like he gets all the good. Yeah. He, gets, he got to, he got to write all the good uh, death scenes, including yeah. this episode. Yeah. This episode has so much fucking classic shit in it. That shit that I just remember. Like I hadn't, I, I watched this show so many times. And like we talked about last time I watched it high so many times wasted, mm-hmm. stupid, wasted. And I'm just like, I keeps one in the chamber in case you ponder and you know, and it's just coming to me and I'm like, how do I know everything they're going to say? Uh, It's like an acid flashback. You're just like, Oh shit. I've watched this before and I was not in a good place. I I watched it so many times. I know it better than I know my life. So like, and also I love, I have to Vince. I love brother Musone. And this episode reminds me, I just love him as Omar counterpoint. I love him mm-hmm. as Omar counterpoint. And if Omar is this, I mean, Omar's this strange gay gangster thief, you know, weirdo. And, yeah. and brother Musone is, is the, you know, Islamic fundamentalist version. I just feel exactly. like they're opposites <laughs> of a similar coin. I don't know why Omar gets the pass and, and the brother doesn't. That's really my question. I, f- I feel like to me, Omar is a little bit more of a unicorn. Like I feel like I've, mm. se- I have not seen the Omar character before, but I feel like I've seen uh, Brother Mazone. He's like the guy in the Western who shows up and drinks milk. They're like, what well, you know? It's yeah. like the why is this psychopathic killer such a square? Like I feel like he's just a slight variation right. on that. But, I also feel like yeah. they're they are doing a Nation of Islam thing with him without. Um, uh, fully embracing com- the weirdness of uh that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I don't know. It's almost like no, no. He's not Nation of Islam. He's just an amalgamation of all these like different things. Yeah. He just and liked their style and was you know. I, I, my issue with it is, is that there can only be 
one of those types of characters that is just so out of the ordinary that you're just like, fuck it, I'm going to suspend disbelief. And so when mm -hmm. there was another one introduced, it felt a little bit like we can't have two Omars. Um, but now, you know, uh, based on how it all kind of, you know, wraps up, I've found myself coming around to just accepting that, uh, you know, Brother Muzon is New York's Omar and he's cool as shit. You know? Yeah. That's, that's I, I, I love think. I love the misfit super team element of the two of them. It's like oh, Green yeah. Lantern and Batman. It's a oh, team yeah. up. I want more of it. I want a, a show with just Omar and brother on the town, Dude. fucking Dude. fucking shit up, robbing and stealing <laughs> the whole thing. I think there's a you whole sound world of like that. such a studio note right now. But yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> no, you know, I should. I don't know why I'm wasting my life working in a deli. I should be. Yeah. I should be crafting scripts. <laughs> there you go. But this is not a show about working in a deli. No, this is a show about The Wire, and we cannot start the show without first, of course, playing the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. Podcast. The Irish Pod. Season three. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, once again, today we're talking about from season three of The Wire, episode 11, Middle Ground. Uh, Vince, can you break us off a little piece of that synopsis off the top of your head? Oh, yes, I certainly can. Uh, things come to a head between Avon and Stringer Bell. Mm -hmm. Brother Mazone and Omar have a team up, and the detail gets the wire up just in time for someone to fuck it all up once again. I love it. That is what happened. Um, and uh, Vince, uh -huh. when did this episode come out, and what was happening in America That's and the right, world. At the As time that we out. like to say on Pod Yourself the Wire, we cannot yep. evaluate our divorce from its cultural context. We got to put right. some of that context back in. Uh, and that's why we're going all the way back to December 12th, 2004, with a little something we like to call the back in the day machine. It's a bad time for newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline. There ain't no back in the day. Machine tells the tale, son. Quick headlines, uh, Matt Leinert from USC, he won, just won the Heisman Trophy okay. for throwing that football with his left hand, as he Good. does. Uh, Bush administration, uh, we just found out that they have been wiretapping the head of the International Atomic Energy Commission uh, to try and get him fired uh, for questioning their uh, Iraq war intelligence. Whoa, I don't even remember that. Super cool. Cancel culture uh, much? Thing to do. Uh, the Bush administration has dozens of intercepts of Mohammed El Baradei's phone calls with Iranian diplomats and is scrutinizing them in search of ammunition to oust him as the director general of the International Atomic Energy Agency, according to three government officials. That's crazy. Yeah. Dog. It's a bad thing. It's a bad Good. thing to do. And it, you know, it ties into the wire in some way. Uh, well, yeah, they're trying to back channel this guy, and there it fuck, is. they're trying to use the 
They're trying to use the the wire info to back channel. Wiretaps. Yeah, they're trying to wiretap. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Other news. Candidate poisoned, doctors say. Remember uh, when we found out that Victor Yushchenko had been uh, poisoned with dioxin? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he got he made his face all melty. Yeah, he got it. He turned all jacked up looking. He made him really like way more. former Badass soviet block looking yeah 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 it's like uh he got bit by a radioactive soviet and you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean pretty much yeah like, i that's mean that's actually pretty exactly close to what happened, what happened. Yeah. yeah citing new blood tests the doctors confirmed what has long been suspected that you victor yushchenko's sudden illness in september was the result of poisoning during a controversial presidential election uh presidential campaign plagued with allegations of fraud and manipulation crazy uh, dioxin yeah so don't um so and then after that we got a couple of fun ones here mm-hmm. uh from the new york post who is my go-to source for fun headlines for fun ones nice. um headline barry asterisk leads the league in grand shams oh okay all right yeah i, I was like who the fuck is barry asterisk and then i heard grand shams and i knew exactly who we we're talking about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is this about barry bonds yeah the best hitter uh in uh baseball history it is one yeah. asterisk is isn't good enough for barry bonds asterisk anymore it isn't enough of a stigma it isn't enough of a demerit bonds asterisk has now admitted after years of indignant denials that he has in fact ingested performance enhancing chemicals Utilizing the undetectable steroids known as the clear and the cream. And nice. dioxin. Yeah, yeah, and dioxin. He did that. Yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, my favorite headline of the week. Yes. Wingman bests Hooters. Uh, a federal right. jury has stripped Hooters waitresses of any legal protection for their skimpy uniforms. May, any legal protection their skimpy uniforms may have afforded, allowing a rival Florida Wings chain to continue to dress its waitresses in equally skimpy outfits. Wait a second. What are they saying? They're saying that the Hooters was trying to like trademark hot waitresses or something? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, let me read on and you'll Okay, fuck. yeah, please, please. Mm-hmm. The Orlando jury also ordered Hooters to pay the rival, a 16 restaurant chain called Kerr's Winghouse owned by former Dallas Cowboys standout lineman Crawford Kerr, 1.2 million in damages because Hooters filed suit 6 years after promising to take all disagreements between <clears throat> blah blah blah. That's some legalese, who cares. Hooters tried to bar Winghouse waitresses from wearing their skimpy black shorts and t-shirts by claiming the orange and white clad female staff was the company's Ronald McDonald icon. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth Wait, a shot. So they were like <laughs> they were like, hey! If anyone's gonna have whores slanging chicken, it's gonna be Hooters. <laughs> That's right. Oh man! But that during is... the three-week trial, defense lawyer Don Conwell got a got a Hooters marketing executive on the stand to admit that the busty waitstaff were more of a marketing concept used to lure 25 to 49-year-old men into the eateries than any sort of trademark. Businesses can't legally protect marketing plans. Uh, in the battle of the so-called restaurants. Mm. Hooters also attempted Who to convince. Who calls it that? <laughs> I do. I always want to go to the bre- the best restaurant in town. Yeah, yeah the restaurant. I consider myself a bit of a restaurateur. Bre- yes. <laughs> uh, Hooters also attempted to convince the jury that its success was tied to its wood weave plates and that Winghouse was copying the plates, thus mm. confusing patrons as to which restaurant they were in. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true though. That's why I go to Hooters. The wood weaving plates. Uh, you know. <laughs> Twi- I like fancy cutlery. If they did bamboo forks and knives, holy Ooh, shit. Yeah. 
I yeah, my like, dick hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have wood in my pants and in my mouth. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh-huh. A twenty-year-old Hooters waitress turned executive, however, pointed out from the stand that the two companies' interiors were very distinct, with each mm. wing house featuring an island bar and pool tables, which Hooters do not. Yeah, mm. you don't even have an island bar, she said, yeah. with her titties <laughs> scrunched together. <laughs> you don't have the wood weave plates? You don't have the iron bar? We're different restaurants. I'm just imagining Judge Phelan speaking French to the witness. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. Oh, oui, 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 oui. Or Georgie. Uh, yeah. Counsel, I think you've done enough here. Yeah. Gonna pass all your motions, I'll tell you that. Mm. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, that was the back in the day machine. Okay, so that's what was happening in America. Now we have the proper context, so we can understand the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a time of berry bonds and restaurants, and that's right, dioxin poisoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, real quick. Uh, this week, uh, not a lot of thought went into uh, the Balmer B sto- uh, story. Oh, I don't um, believe that for a second. Well, the only thought was it's uh, season three, episode 11. So here is the mm. Balmer B oh, story. Yeah. What is that? Three, just, 311 parody? Is that yeah, 311? Oh, very nice. That's 311. Very you nice, know, because nice. uh, episode 11, season oh, 3. Oh, 311. I'm so smart. I'm so yeah, smart. Yeah, no, very good. I got lots of really good ideas, Dave. I'm, I'm, I'm checking out. I like it when Stringer says Oy Vey Schmier in the <laughs> song. Very yeah, good. That's right. Very good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just figured I had a little bit of Yiddish in there. People get it. Uh, I mean, I will say uh, Levy does say uh, Ganef, which mm-hmm. I thought was I was impressed. I, this I love. Is a Ganef like a like a discount golem? Is that like? <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> what it is. Uh, it's a it's a dishonest person. You know, mm. it's a, it's like a liar. It's a cheat. You know, um, yeah, uh, Levy. Gotta love them. Uh, all right, so let's talk about this episode. A lot of things happen. I mean, the, listen, like, second, sorry. Second sorry. to last episode, it's wonderful. Oh, go ahead, what? Yeah, I was just saying, like, uh, Stringer uh, forgot, like, the first rule of graft, which is, like, you consult your your lawyer first. Yeah. Because he's going to know all the graft people. You don't just, I mean, like, why do you have this jewish lawyer if you're not gonna ask him hey do you see a scam coming up Mm -hmm. you know that's why they're like we gotta get a jew because the jew knows all the tricks um you know it it is kind of interesting though watching that scene between uh stringer and levy because levy is laughing in his face 
Mm-hmm. Uh, seems opposed- like it would be a dangerous thing to do. Totally. Totally. No, seems no, like no, be- no. But, Str- yeah. but Levy knows that Stringer is a pussy. First of all, yeah. Levy yeah, deals with true. really <laughs> dangerous people like Bird yes. and Weebay and Avon, mm-hmm. and he knows that Stringer is not them. The greatest yeah. moment in that scene for me is when it hits Stringer. And he goes, wait a second, I met him in the lobby. And it's like, and and you can think about how many times like I've been scammed in different situations and when when I realize it and Avon calls Stringer out on on him just not, you know, playing an away game. This is not his thing. But Stringer, because he's so savvy around Bodie, Shamrock, mm. he's telling them how to do minutes, he's telling them how to run yeah. meetings. He thinks yeah. he has it under control, and then yeah. he's in, standing in front of Levy, he realizes he is Bodie to Levy. Yes. He yes. is Shamrock. He he doesn't yes. get it. So, that's my yeah, take. Yeah. No, I completely agree, and I feel like, definitely I did, like, I felt so much empathy for him in that moment as someone who has also been scammed multiple times in my life yes uh it is like the moment you realize that they got one over on you there's i can't describe the rage there's so Mm -hmm. much of it that there is excess like leftover rage in the fatty cells of my body so i'll have rage flashbacks and that's why i'll just be sitting there and i'll remember the time someone walked away with my money while I waited an hour for the drugs <laughs> and went, <laughs> and I'll just go, Ooh, that motherfucker. And it's like 15 years ago and I'm still mad about it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's probably why you have, you know, like, do you have indigestion problems? Like, cause this really manifested in Stringer. Like he's burping, he's got his antacids out on the desk. Yeah, like he, that's uh, right. or maybe it's, maybe it's the fact that he's drinking straight Hennessy uh, yeah. in his car. That's giving, maybe it's like a secondary. <laughs> uh, that's never good. That's going on. Yeah. yeah bad. That'll sign. give me indigestion if I try to drink uh, straight Hennessy in the car on the way yeah. to my work meetings as yes. I do. Uh, but what I time. loved about, uh, you know, uh, Levy's reaction to it is that I agree, Dave, that he knows that Stringer not going to do anything. Stringer is a pussy. Um, but I also, there's a bit of me that sees Levy kind of like respecting the player a little bit when it comes to Clay. He's like, you got to yeah. respect the scam. He's been doing this for a while. Yeah. And, and then he keeps getting away with it. And he knows it all. Like he can diagram it down. It's like Stringer's in the position where it's like he is the girl finding out that uh, the guy that she's fallen in love with uh, has taken her on all the same dates as he's done with all the other <laughs> girls. Oh, yeah, did he take you to right. the Ruth's Chris and then afterwards he took you by the, the fountain? He did that thing to you? Of course he did. I and thought I like, was oh, the only lady oh, no, that but I... Stringer ever built a bear with. <laughs> was it Mr. Goose or Mr. Yeah. Fountain? Or Mr. Fawcett? Yeah, was it the, the Fawcett or the Goose? Uh, Fawcett I have or the a Goose. Clip of the scene between um, Stringer and uh, Levy. Dad, he's running game? No, hell no, he ain't that brazen. You ever actually meet the man? Did you ever actually see any of your cash reach anyone in authority? Yeah, I met the guy at the federal building. Yeah, I met him. Yeah, what office? <laughs> he came down to the lobby. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> <laughs> he rain-raged you. A guy says if you pay him, he can make it rain. 
play Davis Rain Major. No, man. He, he got them building permits in no time at all, man. I mean, we bribing these motherfuckers. There are no bribes. This is an old game in this town. And Clay Davis? Matt Goniff was born with his hand in someone's pocket. I just... I mean, Levy really twisted the knife there. He didn't really have to be so mean about it. He could have showed his client uh, some compassion for getting took. But think? he also... He also, I think, was a little bit relishing in teaching this guy a lesson, which is like, mm. run shit by me, you right. know? Yeah, Cause, like, he that's avoided... true. That's where the animosity comes from. Yeah, he avoided Levy completely with these yeah, deals. Yeah, Levy's motivation is like, that money could have gone in my pockets right, instead exactly. of that idiot. Yeah, yeah. you could have paid me a fraction of that money for me to tell you, do not do this, he's going to rob you. And, <laughs> Which is what, uh, but that's Levy's thing with all of these situations every time. Yes. He's like, lawyer. He always shows yep. up and he's like, well, why didn't you just fucking call me? But I bet you Levy resents Stringer more than everybody else because Stringer seems to have his shit together. Stringer seems yeah. to be able to command respect in a mainstream sort of way that Levy yeah. is probably annoyed at. That that's you know what I'm saying? That Stringer yeah, could get by. Yeah. I I do think there might be a little bit of it uh where Levy resents the idea that he's trying to go like legitimate or whatnot. Uh, yeah. It seems like he would see through it a little bit where he's like, oh, you think you can wear nice clothes to present an image of authority? That's what I do. Like, this is my entire Right. No, job. just pay like, a guy who wears a suit. Don't you don't have to <laughs> yeah. wear a suit. You're a drug dealer. Just be that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, I, I, I got to say, like, the performance of the actor, I think, is it Michael Kostroff, who plays uh, Maurice Levy? Like, he only appears in the series like a few episodes a season, maybe like one or two. He'll have a scene or two at most. And every time I see him, I remember the first time I saw him, I was like, wow, they really went for it with the like conniving Jew lawyer character. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the more, you know, he shows up, the more I'm like really just like uh impressed with his performance i think he's a great face actor mm -hmm. the way he keeps doing the paul t goldman face the you know that yeah. face he's a bit of a discount giamatti like i feel like he's does like oh, he's he's way better than paul giamatti get, get off it he's he's a better giamatti he no, what do should you have, have against been what paul giamatti you have something against paul giamatti no well, he's like, italian no he's italian no levy is masterful the actor who plays levy is masterful but yes. he couldn't be giamatti in like sideways he couldn't be yeah. he couldn't no, he doesn't have the range he couldn't you do think it he, you think he couldn't just be screaming about Merlot, he, I, he could scream. No, it was Pinot about Noir. Merlot. It was Pinot Noir in Sideways. It wasn't Merlot. Oh well, no, yeah, he didn't right. want to drink he any fucking, Merlot. Right? He, yeah, he didn't want to drink any Noir. fucking Merlot. He likes Pinot Noir. I don't Pinot think Noir. I, don't, I he yelled he, about Merlot. He pontificated uh, yes. about uh, reverently about Pinot Noir. Yeah, I don't well, think this guy could carry Sideways. You get well, mad at the one the one Italian who plays Jews uh, when all right. of the Jews get to play he's, Italians all the he's time. He's a fugazi. This guy he's is a yeah. fugazi. He's not I the real see thing. I Paul Giamatti. He's doing Jew face. I don't like it. No, <laughs> he's I, bad. I, he's I a bad, bad, bad fake Jew though. Giamatti doesn't play yeah. Jew great. He doesn't. That's what I think. That's I what agree. I think. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Judar, Judar is activated. It doesn't <laughs> resonate in the Judar yeah, we have sphere. Nebuchadnezzar yeah. Italians too, and he's just trying to be get out there and prove it. You know, they're not all. Uh... Listen, I, you know me, 
I have very generous when it he's comes to reverse, letting Italians play Jews. He's I your think reverse John same. Bernthal. He, like you got your, like you have John Bernthal is like the, you know, the Jewish Guido and Paul Giamatti is the Italian Nebish. Wait, wait, but is, wait, is John Bernthal Jewish? Isn't he? Probably. I His name's Bernthal. Oh, Sounds Jewish. I mean, yeah, I never thought about it like that because he's just so, you know. Yeah, he's, he's Jewish. He's got the beautiful Goisha face. Yeah, okay, all right. God damn, <laughs> I, love, I love him even more now. I love him. I do I, too. Who doesn't? God, he's just so good. He's so good in Wait, everything. Wait, who is he? Who is he? I don't even know John who he Bernthal, is. John Bernthal, uh, oh, he's in, he's in everything. Um, what is what is he? Uh, did you see the uh, um, We Own... These sh- this city? Did you see the like the wire follow up? He's the racist cop in the wire follow up. We own the city. He okay. is we own the city. Ben Affleck's uh, non autistic brother in the accountant. Uh, uh, did he... you ever see? Have you seen the bear? Have you watched the bear? bear? Yes, he's, he's the older he's brother. He's Mikey. He's he's the guy who plays the much the... older brother, which they never address, which which I think is weird. I don't weird. need to address it. He's he plays <laughs> think... the the older brother, Mikey, who killed himself in all the flashbacks. Okay, he's that I like actor. I like that guy. I like that guy. I love that. Yeah, guy. he's great. He's, he's great. good in everything. And he's very you know not he... Jewish in that. He's not Jewish no, he's at not. all in that. No. Oh, no, he's Italian and he, he passes. Uh, he he he's he's Italian passing. I think we can all agree. He would have survived um, the Holocaust. God he bless absolutely. Him. He could have joined, you know, Mussolini and been like, yeah, let's get those Jews. Except with an Italian. <laughs> let's get the Jews. Uh, you know, that's how we get them up with the Jews. Yeah. And then oh, I don't the know Jews. what we're going to do with them. But, uh, yeah. No feed them a pasta no more. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. In this episode, uh, we have a lot going on, like you said. I mean, we have a lot of, um, uh, like, Team ups and team downs. I don't know how you describe it. You've got, uh, you know, the team up of Muzon and Omar, and you've got the backstabbing of Avon and Stringer. Um, and you've got Hamsterdam finally coming to a close mm-hmm. so quickly. It well, just not quite. It's not done yet. Well, it's about to. You can yeah, tell. We're finding uh, you- out that it's probably on its last gasp. Yeah. Um so let's uh let's start out with the cold open because I do think it is probably it's one of my favorite cold opens. I think it's kind of like western when they point gun at each other and say talk about gun. Remind me of cowboy movie. I never thought that. You're right. Um yeah, it's so western that I uh I had to, just in case you didn't get it, I I added a little music to it. Oh, good. But slowly, then toss it. Oh, I will move slow. I ain't tossing nothing. Old time. I knew you'd come back. I trust you didn't lose sleep over it. Worrying about you be like wondering if the sun gonna come up. I see you favor a 45. Tonight I do. I keep one in the chamber in case you ponder. That showpiece you got there. Walther, PPK, 380, double action. Hit him, Walter's like the jump from. As will you, with one in your elbow. That gun ain't got enough firepower to make my joint useless. It definitely won't stop me from emptying out half my mag. You might not hit me. This range? And this caliber? Even if I miss, I can't miss. I admire a man with confidence. I don't see no sweat in your brow neither, bro. 
suppose we could stand here all night. I suppose we could. Or settle this once and forever. I want to ask you something, brother. I didn't even try to sync that up. It actually synced perfectly. I just want to say they should have used the music in case people didn't get it. Apparently, they the original like the way they shot it was even more like of a western where they had like closer close ups on the eyes and like oh, yeah. a train passing uh, in the background, <laughs> tumbleweed blowing through the alley. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the editor was like. Eh, we're going to tone this down a little yeah, bit and yeah. everybody was like yeah it's probably for the best that's yeah we, <laughs> Look, we got it make it more on the nose i say yeah i don't like when art you have to think i mean listen it's a corny scene it's very much more pulpy than we're used to for the wire but i feel like it works because of the dialogue was uh it enjoyable perfect. it's like wish fulfillment you're like okay that's fun that's fun enough that i don't They've already created pulpy. they've already created these characters as such like uh obvious kind of like you know, with obvious allusions to spaghetti westerns, mm-hmm. and for them to pull back on that at any point would be foolish mm-hmm. uh, and serves nobody. So I like that they just went like full on. Uh, let's have a fucking standoff scene between these two great characters, and uh, I love it. It's like one of my favorite yep. cold opens that they do in a show filled with amazing cold opens. That ranks as like top three for me. I I love it. I, f- I fucking love it. I love hearing about the guns. I love hearing mm-hmm. about the respect of each other's lethality or lethalness. Yes. I love yes. when he says, at this range, with this caliber, even if I miss, I can't miss. It's yes. the best. It's the I best. It. The whole thing. I- you just you, you believe that they could kill anybody at any moment. You, yes. Anybody is going to die, and they're yes. against each other. It feels, it feels so good for me. I, I really it's, love I, it. The team-up is so good. And like the wish fulfillment works so well that like you don't, uh, I'm on my third watch and I feel like this is the first time that I've really questioned, uh, like the, the framework of this plot device, which is that basically, uh, Omar is teaming up with brother Mazone in order to kill Stringer Bell because Stringer Bell tortured Omar's ex-boyfriend right and in order to make that happen he has weirdly overlooked the fact that brother Muzone uh, has tortured his current boyfriend uh, <laughs> in order to find him in the first place which well, he didn't like him as much a little weird like I kind of feel like brother Muzone probably could have just put out the feelers uh, to figure out where uh, Omar was I think but Omar not- I think Omar mm. feels okay because he shot brother Muzone I feel like yes. the, the, yeah. the, 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 they're the, even. They're even because Omar got to shoot him. And yeah. Be, yeah. because Omar shot him, now they can talk. And they and yeah. Omar fucking would do anything to get Stringer or Avon. And the fact that he could have an ally of this caliber, I think, is very exciting yeah. for him. He's already penetrated yeah. him with his bullets. And so there's a certain intimacy. Yeah. That's true. That they now we're talking. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Now we're cooking <laughs> with fire. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. I, I think I, you could definitely miss someone with the forty-five from that distance. That's I mean, it's a 
big pistol, but it's still yeah, a pistol. Even if he misses, he can't miss. That's I believe that. Line. I, I, love I, the I line. like the idea that he's like, this is basically me shooting a cannonball. So just mm-hmm. the reverberations of, uh, you know, like the, the sound wave alone will destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I, I think that like, yes, he is overlooking the fact that he's <laughs> Muzone has tortured his current boyfriend. But I also think that the difference between brandon and this boyfriend is well number one he doesn't oh, love this him is as brandon much. or just brandon no uh <laughs> he doesn't love him as much uh he does and Mm-mm. he also yeah this guy brandon just... did not actually snitch brandon never gave up mm. omar whereas like this boyfriend gave him up and he's not even like dead he didn't get like burned yeah that's or the other question that i had about this is like he's resting what the fuck does that mean he's he means like he's got him hidden out somewhere. he's unconscious he's, like, Don't worry. He's, he's tied he's, up he's unconscious he's he's alive somewhere he's not dead i have not oh, yeah. killed him and i think omar knows that like he's not dead but boy is his asshole sore because <laughs> but wasn't that the line that omar used when he had knocked out uh that's uh, right. Musson's guy. Uh, he had knocked out Musson's exactly valet, right. and that's why yes. Musson says it. Lamar. Yeah, that's Lamar. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're back. right. Important he did aspect. a callback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think I think he also knows, you know, that if he wanted to have shot him, he could have done it. And clearly, uh, you know, he wasn't there to just straight murder him. Which is must be fun because he's like, oh, cool, let's do a Western thing for a little <laughs> before we get to the, you know, talking about stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, they team up and then uh, the episode goes on uh, to start with, you know, Avon and Stringer. You, like we said, Stringer is like dealing with the fact that he has completely been took by uh, Clay Davis and now he wants revenge. Which I think is actually like when he said, oh, hell no, he ain't that brazen to Levy talking about uh, Clay Davis. Like I kind of I I was in the same boat with with uh, uh, Stringer because I was like, Clay has got to be a really fucking like brazen operator to believe that this guy isn't going to just try to fucking kill him. And he he is. That's his uh, that is his nature. He's a very brazen man. Yeah, and it's it's surprising, but then when you see uh, him try to go after him, Avon completely just lets him know that it ain't happening. I feel like that is something that is a key aspect of every politician's basic makeup, which is mm. I feel like to be a politician at a, at a certain level, you have to be so vain that uh you will risk the possibility of like getting assassinated at some point because i feel like that's like the that is interesting you know what i mean like in order to be a leader like you do there is the possibility that you get uh killed by your rivals at some point like the ukrainian guy who got poisoned in the story yeah. that, I, that i brought up and i feel like that like yeah uh clay davis is a daredevil because he's a politician like he's He's putting himself out there in that way in order yeah. to get power and vanity. No, absolutely. But the thing that, that it catches my eye is that in so many ways, Stringer doesn't really understand the game. Stringer lets mm. the guys go after Omar on a Sunday truce. Stringer suggests assassinating yeah. a state senator. And every time <laughs> Avon's like, no, man, that's not how we do it. We can't go after anybody on a Sunday because that's not right. in the game. And we can't assassinate a fucking civilian politician. That's not, yeah. it's not a, because, a piece on the board. Yeah. 
Stringer's yeah. a short-sighted leader compared to Avon. Like his main skill is looking like he's competent. It's not actual competence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His main skill is being someone who sounds like he went to community college for a <laughs> yeah. quarter. I love like, those oh, Slim damn. Charles. Slim Charles just disrespecting oh. Stringer. He's like, look yeah. at this fucking idiot. He like just yes. the way he looks at Avon. They're like, look at this fucking guy. I love that. Yes. Slim Charles I, I, is the best. He's I great. have that scene uh, with them together, and uh, here it is. Clay Davis. The Clay Davis. <laughs> Downtown Clay Davis. That's supposed to mean something to me, man. That nigga needs to be got. Shit, stream murder ain't no thing. But this here's some assassination nigga, I shit. I tell man. you, you getting somebody? You getting him. So you finna go hit a state senator now, huh? Yo, you kill a downtown nigga like that, the whole world gonna stand up and take notice. You need a dead jackal type motherfucker basically to do some shit like that, not a rumble tumble nigga like Slim. That nigga took our money, man. I seen it coming. You gotta go. Nah, you a fucking businessman. You wanna handle it like that. You don't wanna get all gangster wild with it and shit, right? What I tell you about playing them fucking away games? Yeah. They saw your ghetto ass coming from miles away, nigga. Yeah, all those lines, every single line in that is just fire. Day of Beautiful. the Jackal shit is Day the best. The, the best. Can we do a, a slight uh, digression into uh, the actor who plays Slim Charles? Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Yeah. Ralph Anwan Glover is an American rapper, actor, model, DJ, and founding member of the DC-based go-go band Backyard Band. Oh, also shit, go-go music. As BYB. Uh, Glover first gained local fame as a teenager in 1992 as one of the founding members of the Backyard Band. He is described as the leader of the band and credited as its lead talker. The band got its start, according to its website, Beating on Buckets. Nice. Damn. That, I did not know that. I like that he is like a quintuple threat. Mm-hmm. He is like actor. Uh, what was it? Actor, model, rapper, go-go band talker and dj I, and dj yeah god damn no he is he is wonderful he's like so fun to watch because he he plays this character that is just it's another kind of like omar type character not omar in terms of like uh he's not you know um a r ripping and running but like the quiet scary guy but he also seems to have like a code. He seems to understand the game uh, enough to know that like, no, I'm not going to assassinate a, po a politician so you can get back <laughs> yeah. at him for tricking you into thinking that they do bribes. Like I, I, yeah, there's, there's something about his character throughout the series where you see that he does have a heart. He, he does have uh he's not just like, a you know insane murder machine the way like um you know chris and snoop are where it's like they're they're like cold-blooded or at least chris especially is like cold-blooded to a level where you're just like this guy's like a fucking rope he's like a terminator um whereas like slim charles is very human and seems to have a heart and he has some of the funniest fucking lines on this show and slim <laughs> charles has common sense but it's interesting mm, yes. that we see what Brother Musson could do. We see what Omar can do. We see what Chris Partlow can do. We never see Slim Charles unleash his fury. We only respect yeah. him by nature of Avon's respect of him and other yes. people's respect of him. I think we miss out on seeing Slim Charles operate. Yeah. I think there's a crucial scene where we see his fury, right? Doesn't he? Uh, Which one? Isn't he, isn't he the one that shoots cheese? 
Oh, oh, at the end of the series. Yeah. At the end of the series. See, I'm not uh, in, I yeah. don't even know what happens in season five. That's the one thing I don't I don't even know what happens in season five. I have yeah, to sorry, uh, spoiler gonna, alert there. But yeah. I'm gonna have to get you on season five because I need you to understand that season five is good. Yes. I haven't rewatched it in a long time and I'm very excited to get to it because every single guest we have is like, I love the wire except for that season five. And I'm like, no, it was good. I feel, I realize I've come to realize that, uh, there's certain things that I like, uh, solely because I've worked in media. And I think, uh, season uh, five of the wire is one. And I always like, like people always are like, Oh, French dispatch. That's like the worst Wes Anderson movie. That sucks. And I'm like, Ah, but, th- but I like it because it's about, <laughs> it's about an editor working with a bunch of pain in the ass writers. And, uh, mm. like there's something very relatable to working in media about that. Yeah. No, I hated that because, uh, I don't like Wes Anderson. Well, that's at fair. All. I get that. If you don't like the aesthetic, I get it. But um, one, of, one of my favorite things with Swim Charles though, is him with mm. Cuddy. I yes. love him with Cuddy, except when Cuddy backs out. Of the operation, yeah. Slim Charles backstabs Cuddy. He's like, oh, in what way? He's like, he says some shit to Avon. He's like, he not really a man or something like that. And yeah, Avon, yeah, Avon's yeah. like, He's, he a man today. Yeah, he said he was a man in his time, oh, which I felt. Right, right, right. I felt like that was his way of saying, like, you know, he he's he's grown up from this game. Obviously, shit's different. He's changed, but he he used to be the shit. And then like Avon's like, nah, he's still the shit today you know so i don't know i i feel like i you don't see too much negativity coming from slim charles you see yes. it as yeah. so another interesting note about that in terms of uh pelicanos like uh pelicanos uh i was re- just reading an interview with him but before we started this episode he was sort of talking about how he like writes novels and stuff and right. his his books like he sort of writes uh bad things happening to to bad people Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas, you know, the wire is a lot of bad things, uh, happening, happening to, to good, everyone, happening to everyone. And uh, like, especially the, the like quote unquote good, uh, characters. Um, sure. and like Cuddy specifically is like a Pelicanos character. Like he sort of created that character and he's, he's the guy like in this episode, who, he's like the only one who really gets a win, uh, uh in yeah. this episode. Yeah. Cuddy's Cuddy's like arc in this whole season is all leading up to this point and uh i fucking love cuddy like this arc for me was the one i felt like the most emotionally attached to it mm-hmm. had like i had a really strong and- reaction to him teaching um the his kids. boxing students yes. his kids that it doesn't matter if you go in the ring and get your ass kicked. If you can last two minutes in there and keep going, you're a man. I'm which glad I to hear that. I didn't, I didn't know if that like if that uh, translated to people who weren't into like uh, combat sports because that's like very much a yeah a thing. Is you know you got to be the nail before you can be the hammer. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, but yeah, but um, Cuddy like it's it's part that he's partly that he's such a good character, but I also think like that actor uh is so good and so underrated and yeah. it's funny like now i'm at the point in my wire rewatches that i can sort of evaluate things that i've remembered versus things that i that i sort of have forgotten and i like i i forgot almost all of that mexican standoff between muzon and uh, omar even okay. though it seems like the pillar one of the pillars of this episode but one the one thing that i remembered best uh, about this episode is the way cuddy is asking uh 
Avon for Avon money. For money oh, yes. To the best. Uh, run. And just the way it goes down, like, uh, you know, Cuddy has, he's gotten his, his, uh, his spiel down so well like he's got the gold member like he's gotten his Good. pitch dialed the fuck in and avon just kind of laughs at him like i don't give a fuck about 10 grand man you're taking yeah. well, but first, money first, doesn't mean shit to me anymore but, but first avon is offended and he's like yes. are you fucking are you gonna put my picture on the wall don't you know who i am and then yeah. avon looks at who he's talking to and he goes wait a second how much yeah. do you want and Kyle's yeah, like right. uh 10 grand he's like fuck give him 15 and slim charles yeah. is like it's the best. Uh, that that's my I favorite. That it's like scene. one of my favorite scenes in all of the wire because it's yeah, like because we can all breathe a sigh of relief because <laughs> like they're looking and, at please yes no but yeah and it's like uh, Cuddy in getting out of the drug game like he has given money like meaning mm-hmm. again whereas yeah, like to yeah. Stringer and Avon they basically have infinite money so it doesn't really mean anything like 10 15 grand doesn't mean shit to them anymore and uh and cuddy has gone full circle to where like that's a huge deal again to him because he can't just make money out of thin air and it's i don't know like this whole like the entire hamsterdam storyline is about mm-hmm. uh you know bunny and stringer bell like dreaming of a world where uh like what if drugs could just be legal and sold in a regular way like a brand right yeah and stringer is dreaming about that even though like if that happened he wouldn't get to run it anymore like his 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 whole shit is short-sighted because you wouldn't get to be a kingpin if you were selling a legal product you wouldn't just get to manufacture like all this money out of thin air like the whole reason it's valuable is because it's illegal in the first place yeah uh yeah no oh hey speaking of money mm-hmm. <laughs> there he is you're muted i knew that i knew i was muted i was talking <laughs> with you uh yeah we need to make some money out of thin air so we should take a break for some ads okay you heard the man we also have a gold circle club and that is uh the ads so stick around listen to the ads and we will be right back Hey everyone, Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. Why March 17th, you ask? Well, (laughs) because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7pm with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, You helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline, and now I'm asking for you to do it again. That's right. If you're in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby, um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, Someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesack.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go, hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area, and you, you you can tell them, like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So, yes, please come. Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. Uh, Vince. Can I, can I just put a finer point on that uh, thought? My, like... What was your thought? Just I that, was listening like, to the ad, so I don't yeah, remember. Right. Well, like I think that's why this episode is called Middle Ground, because mm-hmm. like both Bunny and Stringer are seeking this middle ground that doesn't really exist. And like the the more savvy characters like Maury and Avon, they know that you don't there there isn't that middle ground. Like it's yeah. a thing that you can wish for, but uh, right, and so is, is so is uh, Mayor Royce. He's trying to find that middle ground where he's just like, I'd like to keep the good things of Amsterdam going, specifically the uh, really fucking good reduction in crime, the the large what is it like fourteen percent or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I would also like to not be uh, raped by the feds for doing so. And so he's trying to find a middle ground, whereas everyone else knows like that's not possible. Um, before we get there, though, uh, you guys were you were talking about the Cuddy scene and uh, I loved it a lot uh, just for the same reasons you did. But also I related to it as someone who constantly is begging people to join the patreon uh yeah and so uh you know like for me i was like dude i totally understand it man you gotta you gotta beg these piggies you gotta tell them they can join the silver club the the bronze club we just gotta find one drug lord that will throw us 15 grand because we're important to the kids in the neighborhood and then I we'll fe- be all set. I fe- how many tears do you guys have? I feel your pain. I I, I just am begging yeah. all day, every day. Do you know how many times yeah. I had to ask Andre Royo before he came yeah. on the show? And the only I reason he came on the show is he said, because you never stopped asking me. Like I, wow. I probably texted him a hundred times. And he said, I, he said, I wouldn't have come if you hadn't kept asking me. Oh shit. Well, now I got to get into that game. I got to just start fucking cuz I I'll ask like listen, at this point every time David Simon tweets and it's usually at an enemy, he'll just be like fuck you shitbird and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, he's a shitbird. Please do my podcast, please. <laughs> and uh he still has yet to he's yet to answer me. So, hopefully uh, you know, if I keep it going. Uh but yeah, so uh I have a clip of that scene, uh, and I just feel like people should, you know, hear it. Put together a select group of people, right? I call them my my gold circle club. <laughs> and they gonna make a substantial contribution and just this get this thing rolling, right? There's all sorts of levels. Like we got the we got the For silver those club, who are we got just the bronze club. Home, Man, I have just I keep putting our Patreon on there. Patreon.com slash Frogcat. Patreon.com slash Frogcat. How much money are you talking about? 10000 10, <laughs> 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 You can go through all that for $10,000? <laughs> man, Slim, go get him 15000 cash, man. Yo. Shit. All right, man. Hey, you take care of them little niggas, man. Man, no doubt, bro. The best. I, I 
I love that so much because he surprises him because he tricks him at first. Uh, like he thinks he's laughing at him. Like, man, fuck you. I'm not going to give you money. And he's sitting back. He's like, man, I'm being laughed at. I'm just trying to help, you know, build this gym. And then he flips it on him by giving him 15 grand. And it's just like the look he has is so, uh, I don't know. It's just such a honest, like, surprise that I just, he's a great actor. I love that. And I, I like to think that uh, Slim Charles, have you ever seen the, the MTV Cribs with Red Man? Yes. Uh, where Classic. he just has like a, sh- a yeah, shoebox full of dollars. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he has a shoebox yeah, yeah, full yeah. of dollars on top of the fridge. I yeah, like yeah, to think yeah. that Slim Charles went to some sort of shoebox and pulled yeah. out 15 grand <laughs> that Avon just had somewhere. I think that Avon's love for Cuddy is so beautiful yeah. over and yes. over and over again. From the first yes. time that he's like, yo, this man from the cut, you're going to hook yeah. him up with the package. To every yeah. time when Cuddy leaves, yes. Avon's like, he's cool. This time, yeah. Avon embraces Cuddy every time. And it makes me yeah. just love Avon so much. I do love, there's something about that, like the mutual respect between like, like criminals or you know and then i mean cuddy's no longer a criminal but like just like there's something about that love and that respect that just makes me feel good it's like one of the reasons i really uh enjoyed the david simon's other show the deuce is because it's got all these mob guys um but the mob it's not a show about like don't get in bed with the mob mm-hmm. it's like a, it's got like a really nice mob guy who's just like hey i'm just trying to help you out james franco and you're like oh that's nice <laughs> i like that they're friends um but let's I like get back that, i like to, that they're friends that you just like you just yeah you, you sound like my my brain right now that's exactly that's how my, i feel that's how I feel about stuff. I like, I, you know, even in a show about like tragedy, I like when people are friends. Um, but to get back to uh, what you were talking about, Vince, with the Mayor Royce stuff um, and like kind of like finding the middle ground, um, there's a little bit of trivia. Um, so the scene in which uh, the mayor is in the office and he's trying to like, you know, figure out a way to spin all of this stuff. Um, and then a guy says, you know, be careful if you keep this up, they're going to call you the most dangerous man, uh, in in America. America. And I I have that uh, clip right here. That law enforcement steamroller approach is just spitting in the wind. I really, I really think that you're on to something here, Clarence, but if you keep it up before you know it, they'll be calling you the most dangerous man in America. So I had to look that up because I was just like, what are you talking about specifically? And I have a little bit of. No, I have a little bit of trivia. Um, They're talking about uh, uh, Kurt Schmoke. Kurt Schmoke actually plays the health commissioner on this show. Um, Kurt Kurt Lydell Schmoke. He was the mayor of Baltimore. He is the one who, uh, so I'll read, uh, November 3rd, 1987, he was elected to mayor of Baltimore. As mayor, he became known for his opposition on the war on drugs and his stance in favor of drug decriminalization. He made his position on drug decriminalization known during a speech at the U.S. Conference of Mayors. Schmoke rewrote his speech the night before the conference 
uh, adding a harsh criticism of drug criminalization without showing his staff or the organizers of the conference after newspapers published accounts of the speech. Schmoke faced widespread bipartisan condemnation. Baltimore's two congressmen came out against Schmoke's idea of decriminalization, as well as the Reagan administration and uh, administration officials. Um, and uh, Charles Rangel is the one who called him the most dangerous man in America. Mm. So basically, um, the character is, uh, the, it, it's like, it's not Bunny, obviously. He wasn't, he was a mayor. He wasn't a fucking, you know, uh, the district commander of the Western and whatnot. But he essentially was doing, uh, trying to do d drug decriminalization, trying to create free zones and hamsterdams in Baltimore. And, uh, and yeah, like, the results of that we see in the next episode where it's like, not only are you going to get hammered in the press for this, not only are you probably going to lose your reelection bid, but the federal government will fucking destroy you if you try to do that. Like the amount of cities that uh, rely on federal dollars to keep going, you know, to keep like being a functioning city and having, you know, a sort of a welfare state and having basically, I mean, all, listen, you need federal money in order to survive for most states uh, and for most cities. And yeah, it is like people forget that one of the many obstacles to like trying to end this drug war is you can't do it on your own because the feds will fuck you. And um, still trying to, even with pot. Yeah. Yeah, even with weed, even with weed, the feds will still go after, uh, you know, like states, cities, counties, like they will fucking find a way. And it's like, uh, it's just so entrenched. And the only person who seems to realize it is like, um, the the wheelchair guy. What's his name in the show? Ironside. Uh, wheels. They call him. Yeah, hey, Ironside. What's his name? <laughs> uh, oh, fucking uh, Xavier. Is, is it, it Delegate no. Watkins? Delegate Watkins. There we go. Delegate Watkins realizes it, and also Mayor Royce's like assistant guy. Do you think they is, named Delegate Watkins after D. Watkins, the writer on the Wire? Oh shit! I did not consider that. But possible sounds who knows? Possible. It doesn't matter. Who doesn't matter? I, I apologize. I, you know, I apologize for this transgression. <laughs> Listen, if there's one thing we don't like to do on this show is know who wrote anything. Uh, the fact that J fucking Vince brought up George Pelicanos, he's breaking the first rule of pod yourself the wire. It's like, <laughs> no, I don't care. They do good. They make good team. Don't care names. Um, but yeah, no, uh, him, uh, Delegate Watkins and his Mayor Royce's like assistant uh, are the people who are, they understand the like real politique of this whole thing. They're like, you're going to get fucked for this. There is no winning here. The only win is if you shut this down and blame it all on Burrell. That's the only way that this is going to work out. There is no spin that you cannot spin this. They're just going to call you the most dangerous man in America and you'll get in trouble for trying to uh, go against the war on drugs. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that pans out in the next episode. Um, but let's continue on with Stringer and Avon um, and the dual betrayal, which I, I fucking, I loved watching them betray each other it, because they both 
didn't want to do it. Right. But they were mm-hmm. both forced to do it. Um, so it was really, uh, I think was Stringer great. was happier to do it than Avon. And I mm. think that, because I think also Avon knows that Stringer's going to die and Stringer knows that Avon's going to have to do two days in jail, the day you go in and the day you go out. That's right. But, That's uh, right. but uh, the th- one thing that we were talking about, we like to see friends. I yeah. do not believe, I'm sorry. And I really mm. want to open this up to the two of you guys. I sure. do not believe that Bunny and Stringer, or Russell, as he calls him, had a relationship. Right. I don't buy that friendship. I think it's bullshit. I don't like it. I don't like it. Mm. I like McNulty and Bunny, Bushy Top, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. like Russell. What like what could have happened between them that they have for friendship? They, I think so, they're both using each other. I don't think they're, they need to be friends. They're sort of in a... But they kind of act in, as though they had a past. Like that well, they... I think yeah. they know they have to play act in this situation to like give each other something yeah. that they want. I think that the show was trying to make a point with this. Uh, what they were trying to do, because it's, Stringer Bell yeah. tells him straight up after they're in, you know, the, the graveyard. fucking graveyard, which is a great place spooky to have a meeting. That I love go to a spooky graveyard and have a meeting. I love that. Um, and uh, he gets a call. He's like ducking calls from like Carcetti at this point because Carcetti's trying to, you know, get his fucking little claws into this whole thing and try to like spin it so he can run for mayor. Um, and uh, he says, you know, yeah, you know, I'm just uh, stirred up some shit with this, you know, this Amsterdam shit. And um, and Stringer Bell says to him, it's because of that that I came to you with this, which to me. I think is a point that the show is trying to make, which is just like, if you allow for, um, you know, this like free zone, some cooperation with the, like basically allow for the idea that the drug fucking, uh, sales are going to happen no matter what you do. And if your only solution is to beat on people to try to drive fucking, you know, like uh, basically drive criminals further and further underground, like you're ne- you're never going to get anywhere. No one's ever going to trust the cops because you are an occupying force. And so, you know, they're saying what happens when you have uh, drug decriminalization is that like, you know, the, the fucking there will be a little bit more cooperation between uh, police and so-called criminals. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I liked the it's, point that it was making. Yeah, they're both. Although they're the, it did they're seem the guys kind of weird they're the guys trying to find the middle ground and uh True. it's a classic we're not so different you and i uh situation yeah yeah i i i i feel you in that like it did feel like they were pretty familiar with each other but my mm. assumption was that ever since hamsterdam uh and you know stringer is very wary of hamsterdam throughout you know the season he's like i don't know what that's about seems like it could be a trap but once he realizes it's not a trap he's like oh shit i actually kind of have some respect for this guy for like taking it upon himself to make my life easier and his life easier and maybe he's not someone who is so entrenched in this system of like we gotta fight the war on drugs that i can actually come to him with something and he's not immediately going to use it to like beat me over the head with see i i i like the idea of like when stringer was a kid 
Bunny was a beat cop and Stringer was like playing badminton in the in the in the beat and Bunny comes along and sees Stringer he's like Russell you can't play badminton in front of the house yeah. you don't you know, even have I, a yard yeah you, you don't even have a yard. yard I don't I just think that there's something there that they could have yes. fleshed out better where we could yeah. feel that friendship or that relationship in in yeah. in a specific way like that that's where my mind goes with it I love that. I love that more. I do kind of wish they had done that. Um, but, you know, for uh, the fun thing about The Wire is that like so much happens and time is so nebulous. You don't know how long things take between episodes. Sometimes the next day, sometimes months have passed. Right. Uh, that you can kind of just make up backstory. You're like, I don't know. In the meantime, uh, <laughs> Stringer Bell and fucking Bunny were like going to Ruth's Chris together and eating steaks and talking about the economy. Uh, who knows? Uh, yeah. But uh, I have uh, both of the, the scenes of the betrayals uh, that happen. In effect, sought to have me hit. Omar told you that and you believe that motherfucker? He doesn't strike me as a man who would tell stories, even at the point of dying. Shit. That proposition joke package. The inner workings of your organization don't concern me. It's gonna be a nickel at least. Come on, man. Him and me. I'm gonna do my best, all right? Must have done something to you. Nah, it's just business. So I love the line, it's just business, because it appears twice in this episode. The first time is the classic, you know, it's not personal, it's only business. Because when I write script, I think sometimes crime, (laughs) also business. So like when you do crime, also you business. Also you business at the same time. (laughs) You know, no shirts, no shoes, no service. <laughs> That's just business. It's not personal. You gotta have shirt shoes. I also feel like those two scenes, um, like those two scenes could be super corny, but Wood Harris and Idris Elba are so fucking good. They're so good. those are like those are scenes that you need to have to move the plot along. They're totally. not necessarily scenes that feel like things that people would say in real life. Right. But when you have Wood Harris and Idris Elba acting their fucking asses off, they sell yeah. the shit out of them. And there, you're just there's, like, yep. There's only one thing that I, I question where Wood Harris says, Rob Joe Package. When he doesn't yeah, need to yeah, say yeah. that out loud. He does the exposition. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with we that. Don't need that. He, yeah, I'm thinking that. I'm like, okay, that's too much exposition, but you kind of need it there because it's still TV. Like, you want to remember, like, like hey, we're watching this. Uh, we're binging it, but if you're watching this like once a week, fuck, you would not remember that, I don't think. Right. Um, you're not going to remember most things because this show is only better upon rewatch because you remember motivations and why things happen. Yeah. So it has to hold your hand a little bit, and that's what they do, and you know it's not realistic, but I don't know. Like He sold... He sold me on it, even though I know it's not like a real thing. Like He did it so well. Avon's yeah. no. face is so good. His and his sadness and his disappointment mm-hmm. and that barbershop, the music yeah. and the way it feels, mm-hmm. it, it's very good. It's just great. And yeah. his I long like ass fucking fingers that I can't take my <laughs> eyes off. 
Yeah, right. you it's can funny. Palm the it's shit like, out of a basketball. In this in this episode, like him and Stringer are standing side by side, and it's kind of shocking to realize that Idris Elba is taller because, like, when you see Wood Harris and like his hands, like he seems like he should be six foot seven or something. It's yeah, like, he's yeah. A, he's like an optical illusion type person. Yeah, he's got a great wingspan, and yeah, he's uh, and he is he is such a terrific actor, and it's like one of the things with the show. It's because Stringer Bell is such a. I don't know, like um, multifaceted character. I think a lot of he's he's coded in a way in which, like, I, I think he is supposed to make white people watching the show go like, oh, man, you know, Stringer's right. You know, he, why can't uh, drugs? There's a guy just... that pulls his pants up. Here's a man who pulls his pants up. He's not listening to the rap music all the time. He's going to college. He's making something. No, well, he's got so. a shirt with a collar on it. That's yeah. a guy with the, that you can do with business the, with. With the loose tie. The loose he's tie is a, everything. The loose tie for not. me is everything. He's had a long day. He loosens yeah. his tie. Just like us. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's just like us. And because of that, I think he becomes sort of and it's a he does Idris Elba, terrific acting job. He is amazing in the show. But because of the nature of the character and the way it's written, um, I think he becomes a breakout star of the show. And people are like, man, this guy's a great actor. And people need to see Wood Harris's performance on the show and recognize it for how fucking good it is. Yeah. I think people dismiss it a little bit or or don't notice it as much because of the fact that he's playing you know a drug kingpin and it doesn't feel like uh you feel like there's no depth to it but if you watch that scene in the barbershop he does not want to give up his friend he's 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 bargaining with Mozone like you want some money like what can i do to fix this shit even though he knows that like Stringer has like yeah. betrayed his trust multiple times. At this point, he already knows that Stringer had his fucking, uh, you know, uh, his nephew killed. Yeah. And uh, like the beauty of that scene is that it's, it's brother Muzone explaining things that Avon has spent like three seasons trying to explain to Stringer Bell. Exactly. Like, no dude, exactly. it's only your rep. We don't give a shit about your money. Like, yeah, you've, right. you've, you've been had money, like whatever. Yes. The money does not matter here. What matters is your reputation in this game, which is the b big difference between string and Avon is Avon understands that and Stringer. It just, he just thinks in terms of, you know, money. He just thinks, no, if I have the more money, the more better. And uh, he doesn't get it. Well, the other uh, thing, though, that reason why Idris gets so much more respect than Wood is because Idris is English and he plays yes. Baltimorean so perfectly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like. But people, yeah. I also, but yeah. I, I were, people were shocked by the fact that he was a British actor. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But he's also playing a character that white people are more comfortable with. Uh, oh, 100 percent. In general. Like, but yeah. And then you find out he's British and you're like, oh, that's like that's why. that's like white land. You know? <laughs> well, who do you guys like more, Avon or Stringer in general? Oh, Avon. Of course. Avon. I, Avon, yeah. Avon, Avon is. um he is also short-sighted in a, a lot of the same ways that uh, in different ways that Stringer is, but Avon is tethered to reality. And he's the type of guy who would take a meeting with Cuddy and give him $15,000, even though he asked for 10, because he wanted to help the neighborhood out. He wanted to help the kids out. Like that Avon is, is a that's less... a difference. Stringer would have never taken no. that meeting. Stringer's like, a piece I don't of have shit. Time. Stringer yes. is a piece of shit. Uh, and he's like a fucking, he's like a r rich man 
a rich dad, poor dad fucking book come to life, like trying yes. to exist. He is like when every libertarian tries to live out their libertarian yes. dreams and immediately gets killed by like a drug cartel. Right. That's Stringer. So he's like, but I think he is like an interestingly. I was written, just exercising my right as a sovereign citizen. Yeah. What like, about the invisible hand of the market? You're, uh, you're in Acapulco, dude. The, Fuck yeah, you. the best though, Avon is like, let me get you a plate. Let me make you a plate at the barbecue. Yes, yeah. Like yes. that's Avon. Avon's making yes. everybody a fucking plate. Yeah. Yes. Avon is a cooler guy that I would much rather hang out with than Stringer. But I also yeah. think like Stringer, like as, uh, you know, as a character that someone wrote, like, God damn, they were so ahead of the game Absolutely. Uh, with that character. Like at Absolutely. least 15 years ahead of every fucking crypto dipshit and NFT exactly. guy. Like he's, he's incredible. Yes. It's like they're playing with uh they're playing with the strings of the like they're playing this game and they don't see the strings uh that are pulling them and thinking they're right doing right shit. yeah they're being sold on it but they're thinking they're learning the game like he is being sold on the idea of like oh legitimate business is when you bribe politicians and uh and then they they you know help your development get federal money or whatever he's not seeing that he is just another fucking uh sucker he yeah. doesn't know he's another sucker he thinks if he dresses you're making in a money way, because of them like they're not stopping yes. you from making the money they're facilitating it they're faci- exactly um and it leads to the best scene uh i think in the uh in the entire stringer bell um avon barksdale arc it's them on the balcony mm. i fucking love this scene it's just uh it's just the acting is fantastic and the subtext in it is just so beautiful and tragic and it's just it's just perfect. Um and I have a clip of that. One time toy store. Hell yeah, I told your ass not to steal a badminton set. What you gonna do with a fucking net and a racket? We ain't got no yard. <laughs> you like, yo, that white boy ain't gonna jump over that counter and come chase after oh, me. He sure did, and he though. Said, I said, what the fuck? He was on your ass like Carl Lewis. Fist was balled up. <laughs> your ass was running too fast as you could. Punching yourself in the chest, looking all mad and shit. Ah! <laughs> that shit was crazy, man. Can you imagine, man, if I had the money that I have now, man, I could have bought half this waterfront property. God damn it. Yeah, forget about that for a while, man. Just dream with me. We ain't got to dream no more, man. Got real shit. If you had anything to do with that Clay Davis bullshit, man, I'm gonna have to cut his money, little faggot. Time y'all meet. Uh, what time? Uh, twelve. Uh, I think. What? You, you need me to do something for you? No reason. Yeah. Nah, I'm just seeing where you're gonna be at. <laughs> a little obvious. You need to relax more, man. I'm not gonna kill you or anything. You need to relax. No, I just need time to is right. Exactly where you are. I will. You know I don't take my work too seriously. That's right. Yeah, you did. You just started talking about real estate while we're rem- reminiscing, it's just asshole. Just business. No, but listen to that line. It's just business. That is the first time I have ever seen 
it's just business being used in that context. Not it's just it's not personal. It's just business. Uh, he's using it. It's, oh, it's just business. It's just a job. That's what he was saying. It's like, I know you don't take your work too seriously. It's just business. Fuck business. Business is not the end all be all. And that is like the line and that separates these two characters in such a beautiful way that I'm like, oh, this is the best art I have ever seen. <laughs> this is why Avon's cool. And Stringer is the guy who keeps talking about the fucking prices when you're on vacation. And yes, you're like, dude, yes. shut the fuck up and enjoy the tomato. <laughs> you stupid asshole. Yes. And he's the guy who like, you fucking, you know, it just won't stop talking your, uh, talking your ear off about like fucking, you know, uh, you know, I got this like business plan and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it's just like fucking, breathe for a if second. only i would have bought this car when it was price oh. less money i could sell for i wish i had gotten now. a crypto in 2018 <laughs> oh i'd be so rich oh it's like you are rich you're also, already sh shut up we're having fun that's what the yes. money is supposed to be for asshole oh. but when avon says dream with me you mm. feel the dream yes. you feel yeah. and Avon's like, let me enjoy one minute with you before you're dead. Let me just, yes. yeah. we're not yes. going to have another moment after this. And it's that dreamy night, two partners looking down at a world that they were kids in. They had accomplished mm -hmm. so much and, and they both yes. know after tonight, nothing will ever be the same, you know? Yes. And uh, it, it's really beautiful, but also Avon, is so passionate, right? And Stringer's very passionate about the price of the tomato. Avon's just passionate about yeah. his rep and his work yes. and yeah. who he is. It's just like, it's it's really very, very, very interesting and beautiful. Yeah, I mean- They did like, such a good art there. It did such a good art because it's like, I've legitimately never heard someone flip the phrase, it's just business on its head like that. And, you know, for Avon or for Stringer, he's looking at that like, oh shit, did he overhear the conversation in the graveyard? That's why I went to a graveyard. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and, but for, for Avon, he's just taking that phrase and he's giving it a whole new meaning a meaning. And I, you know, I love that Stringer is so stuck in this like you know as soon as we figure all out you know this business as soon as i have i have 10 million more dollars mm -hmm. then i can <laughs> finally relax and you see he's like trapped in this like fucking you know uh idea of what he should be and it's like i think we've all been there in like a different way where we're just like oh man if i just had a little bit more money if i had just a little more success if i had a few more patrons if i have you know if i could finally get that you know ad for sherry's berries to come through right then then i can be happy <laughs> right and um not just and on your life post. passes you by but yeah. the thing that we're overlooking the i think the yeah. one of the more brilliant pieces in there is where avon stringer mentions he has to meet with the Polak tomorrow and Avon yeah. is like, oh, well, what time do I have to send <laughs> yeah. my guys yeah. to kill you? And Stringer's yeah. like, wait a second, maybe he's going to kill me. And Avon's like, why are you so paranoid? Yeah. Avon just mind fucks him so hard yeah. in that minute. Yes. And that's just like mastery. Of, that's the hustler's mastery right there. Yes, yes. He's, you need to relax more, man. And <laughs> like, you know, the fucking, it's so funny because he, <laughs> I think Avon knows that asking that question is the most suspicious thing. <laughs> he could do yeah. in that moment and the only way you can like you know 
set his mind at ease is go like, come on, man, it's me. Um, I'm not yeah, going to steal sad. that jacket. I'm just going to borrow yeah. it for a second. Um, yes, exactly. Exactly. Just for a moment. But so before we get to the final ending scene, um, uh, it's important that we show what happens with the major crimes unit and how close they got, but not close enough. Um, because they are trying to get Stringer, but he's not on the same burner network that all the underlings are. And so, uh, long story short, they figure out this thing. There's a thing called a trigger fish that's going to be able to like, they're going to be able to figure out, uh, what number is calling and eventually they'll, they'll get, um, Stringer's phone number out of that. The scene in which McNulty goes to get the trigger fish has one of my favorite dummy products that I have ever seen. Um, and I have a clip of that. McNulty, major crimes. Sullivan, minor irritations. <laughs> you got anything back there that's like the old CFID, but digital, for catching cell numbers? Catching who? You know, a trigger fish machine. For cell numbers. How about I look around there on my own? Now, if you'll notice, he is reading a new porno magazine. Uh, <laughs> and I like to point these out every time I see them. This one is Irish Lasses. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> He's reading a porn magazine called <laughs> Irish Fucking Lasses. Just... We have seen a lot of porn magazines on this show. Um, you know, I what was what was Jay reading that one time? It was oh I god, it was it was so good. Uh, I I I've got to look it up. Uh, what was it? Uh, porn. I, I I know I wrote it down in here somewhere. Um, oh motherfucker. Uh, Jay is reading porn. Where's the porn man? Sabatka, Sabatka was looking Sabatka's at porn. Sabatka's reading porn. There's a lot of people <laughs> looking at porn. Polish at work. wenches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kilbasa swallowers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the idea of reading a porn magazine just called <laughs> Irish Lasses and it's you're just a just bunch like, of chicks trying to screw in light bulbs. <laughs> Is that Polish wenches? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> that's but isn't Irish lasses Irish like lasses a play on g gigantic asses or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It could it's be. A, it's a yeah, it's a woman from Nantucket sort yes. of situation. Yes. Yeah. I just oh my god, just being like Irish lasses, they're all just like they're chasing around <laughs> their husbands with the rolling pins, <laughs> and they all have like, black eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's like a like a whiskey bottle that's smashed on the wall behind them. It's just them and twelve babies at their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah, them yelling at if you masturbate, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh man. I still think my theory that uh, the Murphy bed is actually racist against the uh, the Irish. That's my oh, favorite I never could, conspiracy I love that. theory. Wait, yeah. what is a what is a Murphy bed? It's a bed that falls out of the wall. It's like, oh, oh the Irish got so many people living in their houses. <laughs> they have to have beds coming out of the walls. Yeah, I've <laughs> never considered that's that. You can't fit bed. all the Irish in one tenement. <laughs> too many Irish in here. You can tell they, they live like fucking roaches in those <laughs> Murphy beds. <laughs> Watch good. out for the walls. They're filled with beds. Everywhere there's beds falling out of the walls. Um, anyways. 
Big titted Irish ladies, milky skin, red hair, you know, normal porn. That guy has my, what's his name, Sullivan? He Sullivan, has my, yeah, of course. He has my favorite energy of anybody uh, in this episode, which is that he's like, yeah, what do you want? I don't yeah. want to do, I don't want to work, stupid. What Do yeah. what you want. I don't care you what you do You think you're so here. smart, you know, of some piece of gadgetry? Fuck off. I'm yeah. literally reading porn at work. I'm here because I got in trouble. That's the only reason I work here. Um, but yeah, uh, so he gets a trigger fish. They figure it out. And then they have this moment of joy. They have finally gotten fucking Stringer Bell to admit to some shit on a wire. And it is like they are they are celebrating. And here it is. I tell him. Oh, and that other thing? Uh, them two hitters you asked after. They good with it. Nah, I'm the fun. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. I mean, we've already talked about this show, uh, at least this season, being sort of uh, an Iraq War allegory. Sort of. Yeah, I mean, very much so. I mean, you've got the you know, occupying army and all that stuff. But uh, the next episode's called Mission Accomplished. Yes, so it is called. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, they, I, they but I mean, home. from a broader uh, sense, like I love that the show is called The Wire. And every time that The Wire like achieves its purpose, someone like someone, a third party just comes in and immediately fucks it up. Like the, yeah. these, the cops on the detail are just pushing this boulder up a hill. That's the entire show. I love it. Yeah. No, I mean. I said it at the beginning of the episode, uh, you know, The Wire, a show about bureaucracy, but I'm more and more realizing that that actually is the main character of the show. You know, people like talk about fucking, what's his name? Woody Allen. Uh, you know, oh, New York is a character. Yeah, yeah. And people will look at this show and go, Baltimore is a character. And it's like more in specifically the Baltimore city and state political bureaucracy is the real character of the show. It takes five episodes of every season for whatever plan has been hatched to start working. And usually three episodes after that, it all falls apart. So like if you look at the school season, Bunny is setting up, you know, this like whole, you know, uh, class for corner kids, basically get them out of the regular class and put them in something where they're actually not going to, you know, disrupt. That doesn't happen until like six episodes in like that class doesn't actually get started. And you realize that like it's the same thing with the wires. Fucking five episodes is how long it takes for a wire to actually get set up. And it's because it's not about the actual wire. It's about the journey of bullshit that it takes and all of the obstacles to doing something that you would figure is so simple Mm -hmm. that they would, any other show would be like, well, we'll do that in the pilot. In the first episode of the season, we'll get this going, but not this show. It's almost like the failing city. It took five episodes for a hamster dam to happen. (laughs) I feel like though, that's like almost a mistake for me. Like I remember the first Mm. time I watched the wire, I was like, 
why is it called the wire? And then in one of the episodes <laughs> yeah. in season one, it's like, we need to get a wire. And I was like, Oh, give me a fucking break. Every, every episode is going to be like, where's the wire. And the, and yeah. the wire is obviously so much more than the yes. means to getting a yes. case. And yet that became the title of the show. And I, I live yeah. for the wire, which is why I was so excited to come back on the show. I love the yeah. wire. I don't love the name, the wire for this show. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I, it, it just sits weird for me. I don't know. They could have called it. They could have called it red tape, and then I think it would have more like aptly kind of said what the theme of the show is, uh, or uh, slow bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like it's but almost like the failing city is another character. You know. Yes, yes, Vince. They I could, know. but they could have called it the <laughs> yes, streets Vince. of Baltimore. They could have called it yeah. Baltimore, and I mean, yeah. like the wire. It's a, it's the one of I mean top five shows. But yeah. I don't know. I don't love the name. Am Not I am I an, am I an idiot for for no, getting having I, a problem I, with that? I, no, I, I think mean, you're hitting on you. why it wasn't successful in its own time and why it took you know people two three no, years to discover boring. it as the best show. Like it didn't immediately catch on as like the. It didn't, you know. It definitely was not succession. Like it took. Three they should years. have called it Bang Bang Stringer Gang. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Sure. Um. But uh, yeah. Big Bang no, Theory. Big Bang been. Theory. Mm -hmm. That's a good title. No, they they uh, listen. the The wire is not a great name. The corner was taken because they had already made the corner. Homicide, life on the streets. We did it. Yep. Yeah. And I'm sure so, there is a thing called the streets of Baltimore besides the song. Like I feel like that oh, yeah. it, that was something else. But whatever. I, I'm just it, it annoys me. It, it's like because it always comes down to the wire. It's like we gotta get yes. a wire. And the wire does yeah. always do the thing. And and it's yes. it, it's just it, that's the one thing that bugs me. Yeah, it it's it's almost it's not a um it's not an accurate representation of what the show is about at all. Because it's not about the wire, it's about the journey through the bullshit to get to something that could be useful if only obstacles weren't constantly being thrown in its way. And it's about corrupt systems. Um, but, you know, what the show is about, mostly about how Irish people are a deger degenerate people <laughs> and, you know, how they should be <laughs> uh, forced back into their little island. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> into their little equipment room where all they do is all they do is read porno mags <laughs> to <and> Irish lasses. <laughs> Drink Hennessy. That's yeah. right. Okay. Finally, um, we got the ending. The, the end of Stringer Bell is a fantastic scene in which I relate to Andy Krawcheck more than any other character on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I am Andy. Uh, and here it is. There an alley entrance. Balled it up on both sides. So we're gonna have to go through the front. That's a change for you, isn't it? You just be ready, bow tie. And I'm Was talking that about a gay joke, by the way? That Definitely. is very much a gay Definitely. joke. Okay. That I is can, 100%. I can he's understand just why the know. black Muslim would be a little grossed yes. out by the gay guy. He's like, letting him know, although I am teaming up with you, uh, I do not appreciate nor uh, condone your lifestyle. <laughs> um, yeah, here we go. If you're unhappy with Clayton's performance, and you have to work that out. <laughs> Shit! Oh, God! Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> 
just that's me that's what i would be doing in that moment yeah because i mean this this episode has like three characters who uh like loudly do not fear death uh right. which i always feel like is a bit of a contrivance of fiction it's like the way we all would like to be mm-hmm. uh, but then andy krawcheck is there to be like yeah, no, no like, this oh, is kind of how oh yeah really there's is. me yeah but but who's the guy that omar kills we never saw that, him yeah, before. He's got like a long guy. braid. He's like the fucking Star Trek character that's going to get killed yeah. when they go to the planet. Like, why not yeah, kill he's Shamrock? A red shirt. Why not kill one of those guys like that we know? No, no, I, he's just the guy in a Michael Bay movie that is walking down the street holding like two wedding cakes for some reason. Like, Gosh, I hope nothing happens to these. <laughs> Right. No, you know who he is. He's the guy who Stringer has been yelling at for the last few episodes. Uh, Avon is demanding that Stringer have a bodyguard with him at all times. Yes. And he keeps going like, get the fuck out of my face, motherfucker. And if you'll notice, he's actually also wearing the same. He's like a, you know, he's he's a Saddam Hussein body double, which is once again, war in Iraq bit. That's what they're doing. I also like that. You know, like Clay Davis is brazen, as we've said, and he's protected by the fact that he's like a state senator and killing him would bring down some shit on the hood. But Andy Krawcheck, like he wants, like he's getting all the benefit of being in bed with like Clay Davis and, and playing around with uh, fucking over Stringer Bell. And in that moment, he's like, oh shit, like I'm not a state senator. I'm just some asshole who might get shot inside. Oh, yeah. oh right. I could die. Half built condo. Yeah. I love it. Oh, God, that would be me. All right, here's the rest of it. I ain't strapped. I ain't involved in that gangster bullshit no more. What y'all niggas want, man? Huh? Money? Is that it? Because if it is, man, I could be a better friend to y'all alive. You still don't get it, do you? Huh? This ain't about your money, bro. Your boy gave you up. That's right. And we ain't had to torture his ass neither. It seemed like I can't say nothing to change your minds. Well, get on with it, motherfucker. Damn. And then, if you guys want to see some art, look at that. That's art. BMP. Got his ass. Dude. I was actually surprised that Omar didn't like shoot him in the dick and let him bleed out or something meaner. Yeah, I mean, I think there were like then then people would not like Omar as much, and they need him to be the superhero character. I think they wanted to give Stringer the Sonny Corleone treatment that that he needs yes. all those bullets because he's that big to the show, and, and they yeah. end it with that look on Baltimore like out that big window in this really grand kind of thing. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, they 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 gave the character the send off that he was destined for, which is to be murdered by some fucking beef, you know, that he had from a thing he probably isn't even thinking about at that yeah. moment. Brother Muzone, that shit. Like he is being killed by some random shit while he's in a building that he is trying to turn into condo so he can go legitimate. And he's co immediately confronted by like, oh, yeah, I've burned a lot of people in this drug game to get to this moment. It makes sense that he would be dead right there. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is completely out of left field, but I still had uh, I still had Slim Charles's Wikipedia up in one of my tabs and under also known as it's uh Genghis Glover, Lil Nuts, <laughs> Big Genghis, nice. Genghis and the Ghetto Prince, which is legit. I love it. A lot of Genghis stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Um Big Genghis and Lil Nuts, like what size is he? I don't know. That's right. Oh, what I was saying um was that I think the myth that is sold to a lot of people, especially like people in the drug game, uh, is that you can sell drugs, make your money, you know, and then you can go legitimate. You see it in all the movies, you know, fucking Godfather is all about, oh, in five years, the Corleone family will be legitimate, blah, blah, blah. And that is one of many different, like, myths that are sold in to us in capitalism because it's, like, the idea that money is going to solve all the problems. Once you have the money... You know, first you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the khakis. Now it's, uh, you know, like, you know, you see Stringer Bell kind of like uh, meet the end that he was destined to meet this whole time, which is like the game's going to catch up to you. It doesn't matter that you're building a fucking condo. You fucked over a lot of dangerous people. You know, and they say it's get rich or die trying, but sometimes it's get rich and die trying. Oh shit, dude! Yeah, think about I, it. I'm I'm so I'm a, a live fast and die old type guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like a yeah. live slow and die, you know, medium eventually. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, live slow and die unfulfilled. That's my motto. <laughs> oh, that's how everyone should live their lives. But yeah, it's uh, you know, it's a fitting ending to a fantastic character, a character who upon rewatch you realize is more of a buffoon than you maybe initially thought, but still a character that I absolutely love despite all of his faults, despite all of his uh, grandstanding and his egotistical kind of uh, like the way he throws shade on everyone and tries to outsmart, tries to act smarter than everyone. You know, it's he's shit on Shamrock so many times, like, you know, making him read Robert's Rules of Order. Love that. <laughs> yeah. When he tries to sell McNulty the condo. Yes, tries to, yeah, fucking just selling McNulty a condo, yelling at all of his copy workers for not doing <laughs> copying good enough. He is uh, a flawed and beautiful character, and I'm going to miss him because he was also, like, clearly the hottest person on the show. I mean, <laughs> he's, yeah. It's He's amazing like, that they got yeah. to season four without him. It's amazing that they kept going. It, like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's bold. It was a bold move to end the he, season with this. It's He's a pop show. culture's uh, yeah. like first uh, hustle, hustle uh, mindset martyr. Yeah, success win, bro. Yeah. 
He is he is the grind set mindset, the proto grind set mindset guy. And if you're like most people who consume media, uh, if you're a fucking idiot, you're going to watch him and go like, man, I want to be like him. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, but if you're someone who uh, is smart like we are, mm. you realize that he was fatally flawed. Um, if you're smart like we are, you realize that you realize raging, like that hubris. It's probably going to come back to bite him. It's going to. If I know anything ass. about hubris, if I know one thing, is that that hubris makes a fool of you, Bruce. Hub and is you <laughs> and B. <laughs> And you and Briss. <laughs> Kill and me. You and Briss. You, you, you and, and Briss. You'll be circumcised by your own that's petard. Right. Arrogance. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's it. Yeah. It's a great, great ending to the episode uh, and fucking great episode. If I had to give this episode a letter grade, and I will say honestly, this is the best episode of The Wire that we have watched thus far. Mm. I would have to give it a solid B plus. Yeah. Solid B plus. Yeah. Vince, what would you give this episode if you had to give it a letter? I have grade? a hard time disagreeing with you that this is arguably the best episode of the best television show of all time, and therefore I award it uh, the most solidest of B pluses. Oh, wow. Big talker. All right, Dave, if you had to give this episode a letter grade, what would you give this episode? Would I would I be speaking out of the side of my mouth if I said B plus A minus? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> that makes sense to me. And so let's average that out. B plus A minus plus B plus plus B plus. That's a solid B plus episode of The Wire. And you know what? A solid A plus 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 episode of Pod Yourself The Wire. Dave. Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast, talking about the wire with us. Oh, it's such a joy for me. I hope I didn't. It's, I didn't talk too much for you guys. Such a no, joy for me. Not at all. No, you're you are a great guest. Uh, open invitation to any time you want to talk. I really am excited to get you on for some episodes in season five, because I'm gonna convince you. That it is not that bad. I'm in. Um, keep me on for four though. Let me come back yeah. for four, please. I love four. Oh, for sure. Okay, for sure. Very good. Sure. Thank Four you, guys. Is, I mean, it's the best. Of course, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, dopey. Dopey Podcast. Where, wherever podcasts are Fuck consumed, yeah. check out Dopey. Dopey. Dopey is a great podcast with amazing guests, including The Wire's very own uh, Andre Royo, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Bubbles. And dude, um, and if I didn't tell you, when Andre Royo mm. came on the show, him and I reenacted a scene from The Wire where he was Johnny and I was Bubbles. Well, oh, you know what? I was going to ask. I'm sorry that we're getting this. Like, I don't want to delay, but Matt, or both of you guys, like when the other guy tells him he's like slamming, you're going to fall out when you slam, slam in the slam and dope like that to Johnny. Like, what did they mean? Was he, what was he doing wrong there? They're just setting up his death. That's all yeah, okay. they're doing because Johnny's falling always out. falling yeah. out and he's always yeah. hitting it too hard. I mean, yeah. you know, he's basically, he's taking two big shots. He's shooting it too quickly, but I don't believe that Johnny ever took it any less. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, he's he's just telling him, uh, you know, you're going to OD someday. Next which is episode. Like, <laughs> Next yeah. episode, you might be dying, Johnny. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just FYI, uh, get ready to not be on the wire anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, just he's using too much. I mean, he's in the middle of a fucking dreamland for junkies where he is mm. getting to, like, you know, buy dope and not have, like, the police up on his ass or be robbed every fucking five seconds by um you know uh disreputable either dealers or other drug users it's you know so he's gonna he's a fat kid at a buffet he's gonna eat all of the shrimp and you know what <laughs> that mercury is gonna get him Indeed. that's basically what that is but why are you guys not impressed that i reenacted a scene where i'm bubbles and oh, no, bubbles I am played very fucking impressed. incredibly impressed incredible are you kidding I me am very you, i could have died that day i was that gonna been the end of me i i <laughs> i would have said so but vince had to ask a question about drugs I to did. a couple I, of junkies he knows right, right i did thank, I you. Was, thank you yeah. thank you because that was one of the things that was my biggest outstanding question of that episode. No, I'm like, glad hey. to know that whatever else we do with our lives, we will always be <laughs> your reference for junkies. Why does junkies die? Fucking <laughs> 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 piece of shit. Uh, Dave, once again, thank you so much. Uh, please come back on. Thank you guys so much. I had a great time. Hell yeah. Wires. Patreon.com slash broadcast. The $8 tier gets you a shout out and a street name. Welcome. This is a, the Gold Circle Club. Shout out. The, our actual Gold Circle Club, I think it's like the $100 tier, but no one joins that. Um, but you should. Anyways, uh, we have a lot of names. Um, so. I hope you're ready. First is uh, someone that we got a message from uh, who said, you know, he's been an $8 member for a little while. He still hasn't heard his name. Apologies. Um, Isaiah Burkle. Isaiah Burkle? Isaiah Burkle. We call this guy Sharia Law. Oh, Burka. Got it. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, next is Robin DeBoer. Oh, DeBoer, you say? DeBoer. We call this guy or gal apartheid. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, like like for war. Uh, if you are South African, uh, apologies. Uh, uh, next is Maria Lavin. Uh, we call this gal the hyena because she uh, can't stop laughing. She can't stop laughing. Very good. Next is Sam uh, Dykoff. Dickoff? <laughs> Sam, Sam, Dick, Sam Dickoff. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sam Dykoff. I, I know you probably dealt with this your whole life. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. We call this guy uh, a Hamsterdam because, you know, the Amsterdam, the Holland is full of dykes. They're getting their okay. dyke off. Dykes. Yeah. Well, you know, you get it. Yeah, get yeah, it. yeah. Uh, next is Celeste Ellis. Mm. The this child Celester. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. No, no, no. You do. You do. No, I bet. Um, you know, Ellis. We got so many references for that. Comes for so many nicknames that come to mind. Uh, Ellis Island. Come on. Mm -hmm. We call caller smell 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 you later. 
All right. Yeah. Child Celester. We're going with that. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Next is John Miller. There we go. Miller? I just met her. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, oh, man. So much much grain. So much windmills. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, We call this guy... Are you dying? <laughs> bad grains. Bad grains. Very good. Just like bad grains. I love it. Uh, three more. Morgan Reynolds. Reynolds rap. Uh, All right. Yeah. You want to stop food. there? No, I got no. We got more. Okay. More. Uh, more. Morgan Reynolds. Oh, you're gonna go with Reynolds rap? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Is usually that right? go Is one that, degree. You I know. Usually, you go uh, Reynolds rap. I call this person cellophane. That's what you you know. That's there we go. I like that cellophane. We'll go with okay. that. All right, Mr. Cellophane. We'll do that because it, it's a Chicago reference. Um, Will Mead. Mm. Will Mead. Bad get, grains too. Get me drunk if I were the Viking, which Will Mead is. Okay. Yep. I love it. Uh, and finally, Sean Smith. Mm. We call this guy. Scam rock because Sean, but then Smith, he's like a fake Irishman. That's right. I like it. That's really good. Scam rock is good. It took a while for one out of two or three are going to be winners. That's my promise to you. You had a few good ones, and then in the middle, you had a stroke. (laughs) I just pulled. I pulled a McConnell, Mitch McConnell in the middle there. Sorry yes, you that. did. I think he shit himself. You think? I'm positive of that. Yes. He looks like one of those cartoons where, you know, in Pulp Fiction where they play that 70s cartoon yes. where it's just like a yes. still picture the of the mouse moves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. He does look like that. I hope he dies. Um, <laughs> that's right. Uh, $8 tier, patreon.com slash broadcast. $8 tier gets you a shout out. It gets you access to all of the bonus episodes of the broadcast where we talk about other things. And there's no segments. We just fucking talk, and it's uh, it's even better than this because there's no structure. Um, and uh, yeah, once again, be like Isaiah Burkle. If you're someone who's joined the eight dollar tier and hasn't heard your name yet, um, please message us. Let us know. You'll it, it, once you do that, you will definitely get your name on there eventually. Um, but you know, sometimes names fall through the cracks. Broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right. Thanks, everybody, once again, so much for listening. And until next time, if you come at the king, you best not miss. If you come on the king, you best not jizz.
best friend to Bunny. Whoa, Bunny ignoring calls from Karkity. Episode 11. So I did a 311 song. I don't have to put that much thought into this. Come on. I got a baby. Ow, my pussy. Ow, ow, my pussy. Ow, my pussy. Ow, ow, my pussy does. Ow, my pussy. Ow, it hurts my pussy. Ow. <laughs> oh no, it hurts. Oh no, my pussy hurts, bitch. I put it inside the pussy so much. You know when I like to suck dick, I yubby yub that pussy some lunch. I put a pussy inside of my dick. I backwards fucked and I backwards shit. I don't know what happened. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.